Hello and welcome to The Specialist. I'm delighted to say that after the resounding success of our first series, they've only gone and asked me back to record another. I'm Rob Barnard and in this second podcast series, we'll be again talking to mortgage industry thought leaders who aren't afraid to address pressing issues happening in the here and now. Over the course of this series, we will explore real-world affairs that are in need of their bold new ideas and expertise. Ideas that cut through the financial jargon and offer real-world specialist solutions for everyday people in the mortgage industry. That's specialist ideas from specialist experts for you to tune into at home or on the go. Hello and welcome to The Specialist. I'm your host, Rob Barnard. And in this episode, in the words of Monty Python's Flying Circus... It's time for something completely different. I'm going to be speaking with Rob, a pepper money borrower. Rob, thanks so much for agreeing to take part in this episode of The Specialist and for joining me on air today. You're very welcome. Before we get under the bonnet of how you found yourself as a pepper mortgage customer, I think I'd better explain to our listeners how you and I met. I was sat in this very recording studio recording our Christmas special featuring Martin Reynolds. You can listen to it on Spotify if you wish. And I'd recorded my various intros and outros, etc. When the sound engineer sat outside the recording booth said, Are you from Pepper Money? And when I said, I was, the chap responded with, I've got my mortgage with Pepper. You saved my life. The sound engineer in question was, of course, Rob, who joins me today. From that December day, this episode was born, and I was absolutely delighted when Rob agreed to join me. So really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for coming. And you are comfortable talking with us today. Oh, yeah, very comfortable. Brilliant. So let's start having a look at how you ended up with Pepper. So before you started looking for a mortgage, what what housing situation were you in? Directly before looking for a mortgage with Pepper, I was, we were renting. Uh, we were renting in London. We were living in Fulham at that point. Nice. Um, and yeah, we were. We'd got to a point where we were ready to buy, and um, started to look basically. And this, you and a partner. You yeah, and, you me and, and my partner. Excellent. And were you first time buyers? I'm technically a second time buyer. Okay. So I had a property in a previous relationship and a marriage that's now dissolved got bought out of that property and it was the buying out from that property that was the final step towards being able to afford to buy another place how important was it to you personally when you were able to secure a mortgage oh it was it was incredible i wasn't 100 percent sure i'd be able to get a mortgage full stop because of issues i'd had in the past with debts and and not managing my money properly i pretty much written myself off being able to get a mortgage wow. for quite a while so when we started looking, we've, we've started a family and we really wanted somewhere we could call ours and, you know, actually have that, not forever home, but at least be in a place that was ours and felt like ours. And we didn't feel the pressures to leave because prices weren't going to suddenly change or the landlords weren't suddenly going to turn around and say, oh, you're not here anymore. So, yeah, to be able to get a mortgage and, and have that get over the line was just incredible. Brilliant. So you went looking? You found a property, you and your partner fell in love with it, and then you thought, right, we'd better start thinking about getting a mortgage. Yes. So come on, talk me through it. How did you go around sort of starting to look for finance? I'd voiced my situation to a couple of people I work with. One of the people I spoke to is one of the voice artists we work with regularly. And she, being freelance, <clears throat> had said, oh, I went to this broker, named a broker. Uh, he was fantastic, got us the best deal possible. You should look to him. And I was like, I always, always had his number handy um, uh, for as and when we, we got into it. So that was my first 
move really was to go and contact this broker. So that's interesting that because again in the survey you've heard me talk about um, we ask customers, we ask people how they sort of found brokers that they used and 37% of the people that we surveyed said they came from recommendations from family and friends. So you wow. fall into that bucket. Which, which is really, really interesting. 23% go back to brokers they've used before. Mm. So again, that's that's really important that the broker, therefore, does a good job. So on this particular one, you went to the guy that, that had looked after your friends. Did he sort you out? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, I suppose it would have been a very short episode if, if the answer if would have been it, yes. Yeah. He, he tried. I explained to him my, my situation. He recommended going and getting a, uh, a credit report. Always a good thing, and because I say to brokers all day, every day, really encourage your customers to bring a credit file in, yeah. because otherwise, and you'll be surprised, Rob, how many don't, and then they get turned down by a high street and they don't know why, so they're, they're behind the curve, so brilliant that he suggested you get that. Well, that was, and ever since doing it, I mean, I'd never looked at my credit file before, even with the um, troubles I'd had in the past, I never wanted to look at it, because fear, more than anything else, oh, it's something that... that you know, for an average average Joe, let's say, it's, you don't really understand it. So, no. uh, But when you start looking at it, you're like, oh, actually, right, now I understand the things you can do to help control it. And it makes you even more mindful of your, of your finances. So you went to the broker, you got your credit file, and you didn't really get a great deal further with him. With this particular one, no. I explained the situation, showed him the credit file. He had kind of a, a sigh about the way he, he presented the options to me, almost to say, yeah, this will never really you shouldn't really go for this but here's some options and they were the the rates were pretty high considering at the, that point it was before the bank of england rates started going up yep. so they were you know a couple of percent higher than the the high street so you came away from him did you then start to try and did you search online were you googling were you were you going to your high street banks to see whether anything could be done there what, we what went did you do to, next yeah we went to a couple of high streets some were more helpful than others most of them were actually most of them were utterly useless if I may say so, because when you walk into their branches because you want to speak to someone directly, they they either tell you to go and sit over there for an hour because there's no one available to, to deal with you, or they say, oh, well, go back and, and book an appointment online. To which Three weeks say. down the line, probably. Or you can't find the link online to, to book an appointment. So it's like, okay, well, you don't, obviously don't want to talk to me if I can't do it online, because when we did the online applications, they'd all come back with... At this point, we can't offer you Declined. a... Declined. Yeah. Computer says no. Yeah, and, and you know what? I mean, you, you're summing up a phrase I use all the time, and we, we're called specialist lenders, and I'll ask you what your thoughts are about being called as a specialist customer in a while. Um, but a phrase that I use all the time to sum up why people come to us is conversation, not credit score. So I think that describes exactly what you're talking about there. It's not about computer says yes or no. It's about conversation. You wanted to speak to somebody. So you tried a broker who, who probably it sounds wasn't embracing specialist lending. He didn't really know all the options available to you. You were sent back out onto the high street and they turned you away. So I'm sure it must have felt like you're on the road to nowhere, basically. And, and what did you do then? How did you sort of get to another broker that maybe started to open doors? Yeah, we... Um, I can't remember which estate agent it was, but one of the estate agents said, can I get you in contact with our broker? Yep. Uh, and I think it was my partner who was dealing with that. And she said, yeah, might as well send him over. <laughs> I was of the mind of, he's going to be the same as the other guy. There's no point. You know, he's not going to find anything different. You know, I want to use this guy. Because you've told the facts to everybody, haven't you, time and time again? The the picture's not changed. It's just the knowledge of solution options. So anyway, we we then got put in contact with this 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 other other broker, and he he was he was fab because he was like, right, understand the situation, send over your credit file. Yeah, okay, great. Well, 
going to go away and find you the best option. And that's when he came back to us and said, right, I've spoken to, he hadn't actually, I didn't even know the name Pepper at that point. He said, I'd spoken to a lender, didn't know anything about it. And he says, right, the rate you can get is blah. And he gave us the, the best rate we'd heard for us in relation to our situation. Yeah, that was fantastic at that point. It was like, ah, great. We've, so you sat up in the chair an and you yeah. thought this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah. So so what was your thought then? Did you ask questions about who are these? Are they safe? Are they are they reputable? Or, um, or was it more about, you've got me a mortgage sorted? It was more about, you've got me a mortgage sorted. <laughs> to, to an extent, I wasn't worried so much. About, sounds terrible, really. But I wasn't that worried about the reputation of the company themselves, unless they were absolutely terrible, because it was a good rate from a recognised broker and I was like as long as they're covered by the regulators they they can't be doing anything too funny yeah and, and if you think about it we we the, the big challenge with specialist lending is for you sat at home even if you'd have been googling us you'd never have been able to come to me direct yes because 100% of our business comes from brokers so this is why I always think it's really important that brokers embrace what we do in specialist lending I, I always challenge brokers now to say do you need to see all the BDMs, business development managers that, that knock on your door? And um, I always challenge them to say, you should really see people that are going to help you write more business. So in this case, this is helping your broker effectively write more business. So we're a perfect mix for that. Um, so I think it's all about trying to drive people to it. And I, I'm really pleased that you dropped on the right, the right broker. And talking about reputation, for him to come to us, he'll either have been an appointed representative of a network or using a mortgage club. And and each of those will have done their sincere due diligence on us before we actually got admitted onto their panel. Um, so I think I think it's 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 great. I mean, if you're happy to talk about us, the challenges was it was it adverse credit? Was it yeah. being self-employed? Was it a mix of everything? It was adverse credit. Um, when my divorce was happening, or when my relationship was breaking down, I'd never really clued myself up on the importance of being financially stable. Yeah. So I had basically let my my credit ran away with me. I had massive credit card debts. I had student overdrafts that I hadn't paid off. They were then starting to eat into my monthly funds. I was spending more than I was bringing in constantly. And then, you know, that spiraled into um, short-term, what they called? Short-term loans, buy short-term now, loans. pay later, all yeah. that sort of stuff. And, and, that, and that's something we're seeing an increase in, that people have got, and we call what you've got blips. Yeah. They're blips. You don't set out to have these problems, do you? And it was it was a classic. My head went right into the sand. and The last thing you should do, but it's so yeah. it's so easy to say that now, isn't it? Yeah. it's. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's no different to changing the conversation about mental health. No, you know, it's the, it's the willingness to be open about things that we think make us look uh, small or weak or less desirable or whatever the term is. Because I did, I just hid, I hid from it because so I didn't it, want to confess that I'd messed up. So it's exactly the same, isn't it? We talk about it's okay not to be okay yes. in, in mental health. We say exactly the same in adverse credit. It's okay not to be okay. Talk to people. Yeah. Get some sort of solutions. So I refer to as, you've heard me say, specialist lender. Specialist lending is covered by tens and twenties and thirties of, of particular lenders like Pepper. So from your perspective, Pepper's your experience, but it could be exactly the same with any other lender in the marketplace. What was the application process? So you so you got a tick, you were away, fantastic. What was the application process long? How long how long did it take? Did it feel clunky, hard? No, it felt so this was the second mortgage I've had, I said before. My experience this time round genuinely felt a lot smoother than it did first time round. It's good to hear. Because first time round, 
in the relationship I was in, she was deemed, I think the word less desirable was awful, but I think that was the word that was used purely because she was so also self-employed, as my current partner is, but she didn't have the finances to back it up. Yeah. So it caused all kinds of, of hullabaloo. And um, that process felt a lot harder because the high street banks that we were dealing with were so unreceptive. Now, I didn't ever deal directly with Pepper. I only ever heard through my broker. And that's what how Pepper we set asking. up, of course. That's how you set up. But it was, it felt straightforward. It felt straightforward. It was, there was never anything more than just, okay, here's the blurb from that. I've got to go and get a couple of bank statements. Here's them sent over and, yep. you know, it was paperwork. And, and I think it's interesting to compare that with the high street experience you had last time when you were a little bit still a little bit scruffy around the edges it's almost that trying to force a what do they call square peg into a round hole with a high street lender that's not with us it's it's a round peg and a round hole we know we're going to accept you you've just got to give us that bit of information that we maybe need to get you over the line what was it like the day when completion came and I think you had a bit of a. I think you, had a, you were explaining to me off air. You had a little bit of a wobble right at the last minute with uh, we, length we, we, of the, time on a solicitor. I think. Yeah, the wobble came. It was a, <laughs> a perfect storm of, of just timing being an absolute issue. So the people further up the chain from us had to settle by a particular point. Our solicitor had basically gone AWOL. It was the classic emailing them going, "Oh, can you? Why has this not been done? Why has that not been done? You wouldn't hear for a couple of days." Uh, the seller solicitors got involved, emailing them saying, "Look." here's the situation where we're getting a little bit close now we've got six weeks to complete we've got five weeks to complete we've got four weeks to complete how big was and, the chain was it was it a lengthy uh, chain or not bad five oh cracky so quite a few in there together, i think four or five i can't remember exactly yep um because on top of that we had um our offer from pepper was ending at the end of october yep and because the financials we'd had the agreement from pepper in early june yep which is when the rates were lower the rates had shot up and uh, we'd spoken to, I'd spoken to, I think, Pepper and my broker, and they'd said, right, because of the situation, we can't go beyond that point. If We might be able to extend it a little bit, but if you're saying it's not going to go for another couple of months, we, we can't. Yeah, and frustrating, yeah, but fair enough, you know. It's, because that um, was right in the middle, wasn't it, of the fiscal statement to Parliament, the mini-budget, call it what yeah, you will, yeah, yeah. and we honestly... Rob, we saw rates going up by the hour. I mean, the percentage um, change is like 2% in, what, eight weeks? Something like that. Absolutely. You know, it's a massive jump. So that was an incentive for you to mm. get this over the line. So you, I think so you we, actually <laughs> took the ball by the horns and yeah. changed solicitors. And this is actually, this is where I did speak to Pepper directly at one point because we knew we had to turn things around quickly. I'd spoken to the estate agent. We'd drawn out a timeline. We basically had three weeks, three weeks to complete. And all I had from my solicitor was the searches. Nothing else had been done. So I needed to get a new mortgage letter sent out to a new solicitor. So, so we offered, you now needed to get a new offer, an amended yes. offer with a yeah. change of solicitor. Well, same offer, yep. different solicitor's yep. name. So I had to phone, and I did get hold of Pepper, and they were actually very helpful. But they said, you need to do this through your broker. But they explained the situation and the process of how that would work and that it should work just, you know. And they did. I got a new solicitor. That was day one. Uh, end of day one, I'd spoken to my broker and he'd been straight on to Pepper. Day two, offer letter was out. I had an email of it. My partner did. And so did my new solicitor. And, and, and it's, it's yeah. great that we're able to speak to you because you're my customer now. But really, you're always my customer. But the broker's my customer as well. So that's why we have to sort of divert you back in through your, through, through your intermediary. So that day that it all went to fruition, what did it feel like? I, I cried. 
Oh, mate, fantastic. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I'd been... Only um, real men cry. And the, the exchange happened the day before completion. And the moment we exchanged, the moment all that had been done, and it was all, it was just... Total relief, I should imagine. <gasps> yeah. And, and just to repeat, I know this is very pepper-centric, because that's who Rob's mortgage is <laughs> with, but this, this is a... This is there to highlight that that specialist lending is something that that brokers up and down the country can help their customers with. So to our broker market, what word of advice would you give to them? Because you've had experience here of two very good brokers. We're we're not saying one's better than the other, but one that probably didn't understand specialist lending, as we refer to it, and one that did. What sort of word of advice would you give to to brokers? Embrace specialist lending. (laughs) I, I could have written that for you. That's brilliant, Fred. If I was going to say it in my own words, the options are there. The options are obviously there for everyone, as we found out. Consider them and do embrace them. Actually, quite genuinely embrace them because you'd be amazed how good an offer that really can be for someone, even if it seems worse than the very best options out there. Yeah. Thir- 39% of our people that we surveyed said that they look for a mortgage broker online. And and again, if you think about it, you can't come to me direct. I couldn't give you a mortgage direct. I have to direct you through a broker. If 39% of people are looking for brokers online, make sure brokers out there, make sure that your websites reflect what you do. Make sure that your website says that you can help people in the situation like like Rob's been in. The self-employed, Rob's partner self-employed, 77% of people that we surveyed suggested they thought it would find it harder to get a mortgage just because they're self-employed. Make sure that your website reflects all these things and and sort of embrace it and, and run with it in the community as well. Make sure that people in your marketplace know exactly the sort of solutions that you could have. Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy day to talk with me so honestly and openly, and I genuinely mean that. It's been great to get to know a little bit more about you today, and it's also so pleasing to hear that we've been able to help you and thousands of others like you with a mortgage when maybe you felt like the world was against you. Being a borrower with a specialist lender certainly doesn't have to be forever, and I mean that 100%. We've talked about it in Rob's experience here. It's a great way of getting your finances back in order and helping you back to a high street lender in a really short period of time. Of course, a big thank you also goes out to you, our listeners. This has been The Specialist, episode two of our series brought to you by Pepper Money. If you've really enjoyed the content today, then let us know. Go on our social media and use the hashtag, hashtag Pepper Specialist Podcast and hit follow to get notified when our next episode releases. Music.